Hey guys, welcome to Thrive with Dyslexia, where we give practical advice to parents who have dyslexic children or teens. So today we're going to talk about dysgraphia. There's four learning differences, dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and dyspraxia. Not everyone has all of these. So sometimes it's hard to identify unless we actually know what they are. So today we're going to talk about dysgraphia specifically because kids can have dysgraphia and not actually have dyslexia. So dysgraphia affects between five and 20% of people. That statistic is from attitudemag.com. And I thought that was a big range, you know, five to 20% of people. That's, that could be just a few people or it could be a lot of people. So it's kind of interesting that there was such a big range. Um, my kids deal with this to varying degrees. My second oldest daughter has it pretty severely. It took her a very long time to write well because holding and using a pencil was really painful. I remember one day when she was younger, probably around eight, asking her to write a thank you card for some birthday money. Um, we sat down together, you know, cause she was, um, she couldn't really spell or write words very well at that time. So I was gonna help her organize things and, you know, help her spell those words. And after just two or three words, she started crying, saying how painful it was to write. And, you know, we talked for a little while and she said she was so thankful that someone gave her money as a gift. And it made her so sad that she couldn't write this thank you card. You know, my heart broke for her. And it was one of those first realizations I had of how much dysgraphia was affecting her life. Um, another area she also struggled with is using silverware she actually resorted to eating with her fingers about halfway through her meal, even at like age 10, because the silverware hurt her fingers so much. So because she struggled so severely with this issue, I decided to help her by um, creating a box of hand exercises. So these are just things that, you know, I pulled from our everyday life, little things we had around the house, um, asked some people um, if they had some items. Um, and it was to help strengthen the small muscles really slowly and carefully. Um, because I knew from previous experience that doing anything really intensely just really was painful for her. So, um, some, some things we tried, um, she had to crumple some newspaper with one hand, um, squeeze rubber stress balls, different textures of balls. She had different types of clay, you know, different, um, hardnesses and softnesses of clay. Um, she had to pinch tiny pebbles with a tweezer and stretch some rubber bands with her hands, kind of wrap her fingers and stretch them out. Um, you know, kind of more of that fine motor she really needed to work on. And I also got her some different pencils. Um, I found them on Amazon, actually. They're called Twist and Write. And they're, I think they look kind of like a little tiny rocket ship. <laughs> That's kind of my, how I would describe them. Um, but it's, it was easier for her to figure out how to grip a pencil properly using those. Um, and then as she grew, we moved on to different types of pencil grips um, once her fingers and her hands were stronger. Um, we also bought her cushions for the silverware so she could eat properly. So they were just um, kind of like a, they look like a bike, bike handle actually, where you just kind of put the silverware in there and we could take them on and off um, and wash them as we needed. So those worked really good. Um, aside from helping her strengthen her hands, I could see her confidence grow in being known and understood. And this was huge. I remember her saying one time, 
you really know me. When I got something new to help her, you know, I think helping her in this way made her realize she could trust me and she could tell me when something bothered her. You know, like if she had scratchy clothing, which happened, you know, she told me when her bed was uncomfortable. Um, you know, she told me that, you know, she'd prefer if I didn't run the dryer when she went to bed because it was really um, that sensory sound. It was too much for her. Um, she knew she could tell me things and that I would believe her and I would do what I could to help. I think that's a really big thing. I think a lot of, a lot of um, parents, maybe teachers, professionals, um, think kids just want attention, so they're, they're trying to do this. And, and there are kids that do, but there are kids who aren't asking for attention. They're actually struggling with something. And um, you know, I think to err on the side of caution and just believe them, you know, helping a child. I just don't think you can help a child too much. So um, I was just really glad that, um, you know, we took her concerns seriously because it really made a difference when we put all these things into place. Um, so anyway, so symptoms you might notice with dysgraphia. Um, so to an untrained person, these symptoms can go unnoticed. Um, you know, like I said before, you might think that your child is faking, they just want attention, but I encourage you as a parent, you know, and a teacher, if you're a teacher, you know, to take these complaints seriously, it's so much better to suspect something and have it checked out than to have it overlooked. There are several accommodations and exercises that can help make this easier for your child or your teen to handle and like, and believing them when they tell you what they're experiencing, you know, that's going to help them trust you. They'll learn they can come to you with the issues they're having. And I mean, that's huge. They need someone that they can trust and, you know, someone that's going to support them. Your child with dysgraphia might not do all of these things, but if there is a few of these that you see, it would be a good idea to get some tools and um, resources to help. With dysgraphia, your child will not be able to space his words out correctly or write them within a confined space very easily. So in kindergarten, kids are given large lines to write between so they can learn how to make their letters properly. And then as the kids get older, they move on to more of a wide ruled notebook type line spacing. And you may not notice it at first, when they have a lot of space to make their letters. You will notice the dysgraphia more as they get older when they're required to use those wide ruled notebooks because they're gonna have trouble making the letters small enough to fit. Another thing is your child may forget to leave space between their words. I know there are tricks like using their finger to make space between a word and this trick often gets forgotten because they're thinking too hard. Your child or teen may not be able to write very much at one time. Writing even two or three words may seem like an enormous task. Your child may complain that it's painful or their hand feels cramped or tired. From my experience, this pain and cramping are totally real and your child is not faking just to stop writing. Your child or teen may sit in an unusual position in order to write. They may twist their body in their chair or turn the paper to write. They may even lay their head down on the table or desk to get a good position for writing. Your child or teen may have difficulty using a spoon, a fork, or a knife. Dysgraphia in our home caused one of my daughters to have difficulty holding silverware for eating. Even at age 10, she would resort to eating with her fingers halfway through the meal because of pain. It was an unusual symptom, but definitely let us know the severity of her symptoms. Your child or teen may also have difficulty getting her thoughts down on paper. Thinking at the same time as the writing process is very difficult for a child or teen with dysgraphia. So how can you help your child with dysgraphia? 
You can do like I did and create a box of hand exercises to strengthen the muscles in their hands and forearms. So stress balls, newspaper to crumple, pinch tiny items with tweezers, use clay that has different firmness, learn to use a screwdriver, etc. Anything where you're doing like a lot of those fine motor skills. You can buy special pencils like twist and write pencils, special pencil grips, and silverware grips if they're having trouble eating with silverware. You can teach them to type. You can have them practice writing with prompts so they get practice writing and thinking at the same time. And here you would just write a few words at a time, building up to more words as their hands get stronger. And you can also use voice to text technology so they can use their voice instead of having to write everything down. I have a list of tools and resources that we've used in our home for dysgraphia. You can find that list in my guided workbook for parents, Adapt Your Life for Dyslexia and Other Learning Differences. It's available now on Amazon. Let me know your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear what you have tried for dysgraphia. And thanks so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me at thrivewithdyslexia.com or email me at andrea at thrivewithdyslexia. Take care, guys.